So all of you have done different things that involve preparing, haven't you? You know that the day is coming, so there's things that you have to do to prepare. This weekend, I watched Nancy transform our home from the everyday wonderful place that it is to the Christmas wonderland that it is coming in the holidays. That's all a part of the preparation, and all of a sudden now, not just because the church is decorated, but because our home is decorated, Christmas feels like it might be something that actually will take place. Because we have gone through this process of preparation. Preparation isn't always the finest part of doing something. Have you ever thought about that? Preparing a meal is a lot different than eating a meal, isn't it? I prefer the eating part, not the preparing part. Preparing for a project sometimes involves a lot more mental energy than actually doing the project. There is a difference in this time. So in Scripture, we have these promises that God made in the Old Testament. And they, they kind of pile one on top of another. And every time God would make another promise, it would mean that preparation had to be just a little bit more thorough than it had been before. It had to change a little bit. You know, in Genesis, at the beginning, he promised that he would, as soon as man sinned, that there'd be a Savior. And so that was the, the preparation again, right? But then all of a sudden we get to like Noah, which we just gone through as a church, and he explains that it's going to be a little more detailed. And then we're going to get into the life of Abraham, and we're going to explain this in a little more detail. And then with each one of his sons, he adds the detail of that. And then all of a sudden the kings come, and he adds that it's going to be a certain family line. And it's going to be born in a certain place. And if we were born at a certain time, all of these things are preparation. And what's even more interesting than all that is not only did God prepare for a Savior, but God prepared for a forerunner to announce the coming Savior. All of those things were a part of preparation. You know, it's one thing to get married, but if you don't send invitations to people, to know you're getting married, then it doesn't work the same. And if you want to look at it, I guess John the Baptist is the invitation to the Savior King. This is what it says about John in the Word of God. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You see, John knew, and God had placed on the heart of John, that for the Savior King to work, the heart had to be ready to need a Savior. In fact, if you look back from before this time, he says, for this he was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So John's job was to prepare us, to prepare Israel, to prepare people of that time for the coming king. He was the way for you. He made sure all the details were together 
idea of prepare is really interesting. And at first I struggled with it. I gotta be honest with you. Usually when we light the second candle, it's the candle of peace. But for some reason, the, the program we got involved in this year was the, the candle of prepare. And it was just like, I don't know, we've never done that before. But think about it. Let's, let's go back to some of those prophecies. In Isaiah, the verses that were quoted, it says, And it shall be built up, built up, prepare the way, remove every obstacle from my people's way. What was it like for God who, for thousands of years, was preparing for the coming of his son to be our Savior King? And he had to get rid of all the obstacles and take care of all the situations that went along with that. I love carpentry, you all know that. And I can tell you that if you're not properly prepared, this surprise is a no part. <laughs> yeah, thank there you. always seems to be an obstacle that usually involves money that is a part of, of making the project come together. But if you're prepared and you've kind of gotten ready for all the contingencies, the process is just so much I can't imagine what it was like for God when he made these promises to start looking down and say, okay, now these are all the things that I'm going to need to do. These are the obstacles that I'm going to need to get rid of. These are the situations that I need to create so that all of this comes together in a way that is beautiful. You know, one man said this, if just eight of the prophecies surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ were to take place, that's the equivalent of somebody putting a foot of silver dollars in the whole state of Texas. And on one of those silver dollars, putting an X and randomly putting in the state of Texas. And for all of that to work, the odds would be for a person to drive into the state of Texas, open up their door, reach down their hand, and pick up the coin with the X one. Think of what God did, the obstacles that he got rid of, the, the situations that he created so that we could have the Savior King. He went on to say this, For thus the one who is on high and those about, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell the high and holy place, and also with him who is on the contrite, and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly, and to revive the heart of the contrary. You see, God's job, God's desire, wasn't just to live in his temple, to live in heaven. God's desire was to dwell the hearts of men. But he knew that the heart had to be prepared, and if the heart wasn't prepared, it wasn't going to happen. And we, we know about this, those of us who are parents, there are certain times that we know that to ask our child to do something, it's not going to go because they don't have the right heart for it. Kids know this too, don't they? Kids know this, but there's certain times we don't ask dad for certain things because we're pretty sure he doesn't have the right heart to receive our requests. Preparation is incredibly Malachi said this, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. 
The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. And so God not only prepared Jesus Christ to be the Savior at just the right time, which was true today, but God created John the Baptist to pave the way for his coming. This is what was promised to Zechariah, John the Baptist's father. In Luke chapter 1, verses 13, it says, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink of wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before them in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord our people prepared. Now think about this just for a minute. What did God personally have to take you as an individual through so that you were prepared to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ? What circumstances and situations, what things did he do in your life so that you were, quote, a prepared person? Think about that for just a minute. The people that he placed into your life, the circumstances that he placed into your life, the challenge that he placed in your life. So all of a sudden, your heart was in a place so that you could do exactly what Ephesians 2, 8, 9 say. For by grace, you have been saved by faith. And it is not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not a works of no one folk. But what did God have to do in your life so your heart was prepared for that? Isn't that amazing to think about? Think about the circumstances and situations that God created so that you came to a point of union with Jesus. John the Baptist came so that the people would be prepared to hear the message that Jesus had for them. That they would be willing to accept this Savior that God placed in front of them. John's job was to prepare the way. This is what Zachariah said later. Because if you remember, when, when Zachariah struggled a little bit, and he, he couldn't believe that it was going to happen, and so he was rebuked by God, and he was, his speech was taken away. Remember that? And so now all of a sudden, this child's going to be born, and everybody thinks that since they waited so long, that they should name their firstborn Zachariah, right? Because you should name him after his dad. And, and it wasn't until then that all of a sudden he had the ability to speak, right? He says, no, 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 his name isn't supposed to be Zachariah, his name is supposed to be John. And this is what Zachariah said, the promise that God had made him. And you, child, looking at this baby, did you imagine this? And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people, in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. So, we know that John the Baptist prepared the way, but then 
But it was Jesus Christ who declared this, wasn't it? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, this is a, a problem that some people have. This is the exclusivity of our faith. The only way you can have a personal relationship with God is by having Jesus be your mediator. Jesus is your Savior. There aren't saviors of the world. There's a Savior of the world that God prepared a way for. You know, they say, well, there's many ways to God. And you know what? I think that if we share our testimonies today, God didn't prepare you all the same way. There isn't like a, a preparation recipe that we could put together and we could sit down and we could talk about people that haven't come to the Lord yet and say, oh, you're a stage three. <laughs> stage four is next, you know. It's the hardest. No, it doesn't work that way. All of you have different experiences. <laughs> Some of you in this room may not have a relationship with Jesus Christ yet. But there are things that God is doing in your life and he's preparing you to have that relationship with him. He's placing John the Baptist in your life. I don't think John the Baptist was always the most popular person. He dressed like a hair ball. You know? He said mean things. And he told people they had problems and they wanted to solve them. It was his job to explain that they needed a savior. So here's the question. The question today is, is God still preparing the way? And I think the answer is yes. I think that we have people in our lives that we try to help maybe skip a couple steps. You know what I'm talking about? There are people that we so wanted to have the Savior affect their lives that we kind of tried to shake them into the kingdom or scare them into the kingdom or, or, or persuade them into the kingdom. You know, I, I always get a little nervous when kids get saved, even though I am one of those that did that, because I'm hoping that they do it because God's prepared a way and it's not the one that I decided that they was there. Do you want to become a Christian? Yes, you know, but we, we have to believe, we have to believe that in the same way that John the Baptist came and created a way for people to be ready for the Savior, that God is still doing that same thing today. In fact, I, I believe he is. The Bible shows us that. It's interesting, if you read at the end of the book of John, it says this, now, Jesus did many other things in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. In fact, if you go to chapter 21, it says that they were all written down and there wouldn't be enough paper to write them all down. But then it explains why this was done. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in Him. The reason that the Bible exists is to show people the way. Is to prepare people. And there are people in this room. And the way you got saved wasn't because you had great conversations with somebody. It's as simple as one day you opened up a track or a Bible verse or something, and all of a sudden it made great sense to you because God 
for that day, prepared you for that day, and that was your salvation experience. God prepared a way. There's another way that he prepares a way. The Holy Spirit shows the way. In John chapter 15, verse 26, it says this, But when the Helper comes to him, I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. This is Jesus talking. He'll bear witness about Jesus. Later on, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Remember that? Our advantage is the Holy Spirit. That I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. And then it goes on to explain. But now, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You see, the Word of God explains the way, and the Holy Spirit convicts us of our great need of our Savior. So here's where we end up. Here's the road signs of the paragraph. Okay? In no particular order. Okay? Number one. Conviction of sin. You see, if you don't think you're lost, you don't need a Savior. And there are a lot of people in the world that don't think they're lost today. They, they really don't think that they need a Savior. They feel like they're doing okay. They read that book that came out years ago that says, I'm okay and you're okay. You know? I'm not perfect, but I'm okay. And they keep on telling themselves, I'm okay. I can remember one parent coming to me, and they had a child, and the child was about six years old. And they said, is my kid okay? Because he is just really convicted that he does wrong things and that he needs Jesus to be a savior. And I said, well, he's not okay, but he's in a great spot. Well, I don't want him to be emotionally scarred by religion. He's not being emotionally scarred by religion. He's being prepared to meet the savior. Every one of us at some point has got to say, I am really messed up. I, I make decisions that are really poor. I, I am incredibly selfish. I, I do what I know I shouldn't do. I rebel against the inner part of me that tells me what's right, and I decide I'm not going to do it anyway. That's sin. And until you are convicted that you are a sinner, you are not in a good spot. In fact, I come to believe that until you realize there's nothing you can do to be better, that you are a sinner, that you are not in the right place. God hasn't prepared you yet. We've got to remember that our sin is a really big deal, that it crushes the heart of God, that it bothers Him. That it stands in the way of us having a relationship with him. And that there's nothing that we can do except fall on our face in mercy and ask him to be your savior. So there needs to be conviction of sin. There needs to be seeking a solution. You know, you can't just say, well, I sin, we all sin, everybody sins, everybody's kind of messed up. We live up. That's just how things are. It's interesting to me that, that some people feel this deep conviction that something isn't right. 
and then you watch them speak all different kinds of things to find a solution. You know? Maybe you were one of those people. Think of some of the things that maybe you saw first before we found you. Okay? I gotta be honest and tell you, I became a Christian more to make my dad happy at first than because I was unhappy because I was a sinner. Because you prepared me 
that sounds like you have bad spells to remember. That's that have an honest relationship because Jesus is more than the way, but he's the truth. And he lets me understand the truth about myself. And he isn't just the way and the truth, but he is life. And I can have life in this forgiven experience that I have with the God of heaven. No more shame, no more sorrow. I'm trading that for the things that I have in the world. That's why the last point is this. We have to accept that we are forgiven, and we have to accept that we are in a meaningful relationship with God. See, we can get stuck anywhere in this process, or we can, we can circumvent this process even as believers, and when we feel conviction of sin, we, we go, wow, if I could just take 21 days to serve me now, I'm stuck sitting in 21 days. You know? Uh, we can, instead of just seeing the Bible as a solution, we can start reading books about the Bible instead of the Bible. You know? We need to accept the forgiveness. How many of you can praise the Lord today that He prepared a way to you? Okay? Praise God, huh? He prepared a way to you. Some of you are coming to that place right now where you have you 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 understand that you're a sinner, but you're still not sure that this Jesus that you the one to want. And I want you to say that he is saved. But I can't make you do that. You have to do that on your own. And I got to believe that in the same way God prepared me to accept the Savior and to start living better in forgiveness and in a relationship with the Lord, that He will do the same for you. And so that's what we celebrate today. What a great day to take communion, huh? Mm-hmm. To celebrate a God who went to great lengths brought the right John the Baptist into our lives, gave us the right Bible verses, so that we would have a Savior. I'm going to ask several people to come up and hand out the elements to you today. So as we close the service together, we'll close it by celebrating the salvation that is ours. Who would like to serve me in this
today we thank the Lord that in the same way he prepared to be our perfect sacrifice, that he prepared our hearts to accept him as our Savior so that we could experience that sacrifice. This is put by No, I reached out to him uh, because I have a ticket that Dan bought me that I never used. And it's good until March 2019. Right. So I've got my thing on paper. So all I gotta do is just go. Right. Grab my tools and you feel okay doing that? You feel like it's the right thing? Okay. Yeah. Good about it. What are they doing? You know? They're actually uh, going into a couple of houses that need a lot of work. So we're not going to build a house, but we're going to basically fix up. So not just houses, not just like the, basically there's the houses that are just falling wood. apart. Like, you're, you're going to fix them and not build a new one. So you're not going to be, it's not going to be as sturdy as the ones that we build, but it'll be better than it. Well, we hope so. You know, when you get done, right. you always hope you get better. Yeah. How many are going down? Like, it's a big well, he's got seven from his church. Yeah. 